Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on? Welcome to episode number 900 of Locked On Raptors for Tuesday, March the 9th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean, and you can find the show at Locked On Raptors. You can find links to every single episode of the podcast. And of course, please make sure you're checking out the entirety of the Locked On Podcast Network. In particular, if you're a Toronto sports fan, we have two great podcasts for you. Locked On Leafs with Mike DiStefano covering your Toronto Maple Leafs and your Toronto Blue Jays are in spring training getting ready for the new season they're loaded up with george springer and a whole bunch of other dudes and aj andrews is doing an awesome job covering the jays over on lockdown blue jays gonna try to organize a toronto sports roundtable this week with both mike and aj and uh hopefully that'll be wednesday or thursday so keep an eye out but on today's show we are diving into the first of what might be a few of episodes where I have a fellow Locked On host on the show and I try to poach their team of their good players to add to the Toronto Raptors before the trade deadline. And joining me for this special 900th episode of the podcast is one of the co-hosts of Locked On Bulls, and he is going to trade Thaddeus Young to me, the new general manager of the Toronto Raptors. It is Jordan, Jordan Malley. Jordan, what's going on, man? Hey, how are you, Sean? Uh, are you guys willing to give us Kyle Lowry? Because then we can talk. <laughs> Not happening. Uh, just a little bit of a peek behind the the curtain onto how we've sort of done things with Lockdown this month. We have like a spreadsheet where everybody has put down who's available and who's not available. And I've gone out of my way to say Kyle Lowry is not on the block for the Toronto Raptors, even though he is the most sought-after trade piece in the NBA and the rumors will not die. He, uh, I, I'm standing steadfast in the locked-on Raptors held belief that the Raptors should add to the team and not trade Kyle Lowry away, although Kyle Lowry would be the best point guard on the Bulls in a very, very long time, and uh, everyone should want him. He rocks, Uh, (laughs) but that's not what we're here for today. Today, we're here to make Thaddeus Young into a Toronto Raptor, and I guess, Jordan, the place to start here is for people who haven't watched the Bulls this year, and Raptors fans have not come across them so far on the schedule, so maybe Raptors fans have not been watching a ton of Chicago Bulls basketball. Uh, I guess this is where to start before we dive into the particulars of what a trade might look like. What's been the difference for Thad Young this year? He's playing basically point center is what I gather. He's averaging a career high in assists and like blowing that number out of the water for his career. He's, you know, kind of reinvented himself a little bit here. What is the secret to the revamped Thad Young and what's he been doing differently to uh, affect the Bulls and make them a team that is very much kind of in the same category as the Raptors within the Eastern Conference right now? Yeah, man, Thaddeus Young, I don't know if it was the spell of Jim Boylan or if it was just the idea that Jim Boylan and the Bulls were were trying to change Thaddeus Young's game after being in the league for over 10 years was a little bit bizarre. I just feel like it was a refreshing reset for not only Thaddeus Young, but adding a couple of veterans around him and allowing him to play a little bit more of a smaller system, but also have honestly a higher usage than both Matt and I on Locked on Bulls had ever expected from this season but I think in part 
it's Zach Levine finding sort of that veteran, that that next level player that he can find consistently every single night. And I don't know what it is that he is young has decided to watch a lot of, I guess, Draymond green tape, a lot of bigs <laughs> that can pass man, because he's reinvented himself and he has been this probably, I would say the second best bull on this team and the most consistent. So uh, it's the passing ability, the ability to do a little bit of everything and not focus so much on his scoring has allowed a lot of things to open up for this bulls team. That's uh yeah, that's a really, really great summation of what's going on with Thad Young. And look, I got to say, it, it's not a sort of long time lust I've had for the Raptors to trade for Thad Young. This is sort of a week long little infatuation that has been building for me as I've watched the sort of Raptors skew small and maybe need a, you know, a center a little bit less. You know, Aaron Baines has kind of found a nice little roll off the bench. He's filling those minutes admirably, and it's not too much of a concern now when he's out there because they're putting him in a position to succeed, and they've just decided to play their best players small. And as they lean small, I've been kind of focusing my attention more on forwards who can slot in next to OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam at basically any spot. It doesn't really matter who's playing which position, as opposed to looking for traditional centers to allow the Raptors to get to those small lineups a little bit more often. And Thad Young, to me, putting him inside along, uh, putting him alongside, sorry, Siakam and OG sounds pretty attractive to me. It feels like a pretty switchable defensive setup. It feels like there's lots of playmaking there between Siakam and Thad Young. You know, OG can be the nominal center or Thad can be the nominal center. I guess, so Jordan, my question for you is, have we seen a lot of Thad Young working in small ball lineups effectively this season for the Bulls? How has it looked? And do you think that would be a pretty seamless fit if he were to find himself on the Raptors? Absolutely. It's kind of funny. You have OG, who is kind of like the upgraded version of Patrick Williams at this point. And that's really <laughs> what the Bulls have closed with. They've closed with Thaddeus Young at the five, Patrick Williams at the four, Garrett Temple at the three, Zach and a mix between Kobe and Thomas Sadoransky, depending on matchups. But that's been their best closing lineup all year consistently. Anytime they've tried to go back to Wendell Carter, it seems like Wendell Carter in the last couple of weeks can't even get on the floor in closing games. That's how good Thaddeus Young has been. That's how consistent. And the Bulls have had a whole ton of trouble in the last five minutes of games this season and last. And part of the reason why the Bulls are picking up wins on top of what Zach Levine has done this season is Thaddeus Young's consistency on the defensive end, being able to control the ball, find guys in open space and just make good decisions. So 100%, I think he would be a seamless fit in a smaller ball lineup. And you wouldn't be able to, you, you shouldn't be afraid to think Thaddeus Young out there in the last three minutes of a game and the game's tight within two possessions and be scared. He he would be one of the best lockdown defenders for you too. On top of that, could do a little bit of everything on the offensive end. So uh, he would fit seamless. And I would be excited him, him next to OG Ananobi. You're speaking my language right now, man. Um, I, I guess, you know, you mentioned the Bulls are picking up wins playing in this smaller configuration. And like I said, they're right in the same tier as the Raptors record-wise. They're 16 and 18. I still think I'd say the Raptors are a better team. And, you know, that we've kind of seen that bear out over the last little while here as they've clawed back to 500 after the awful start. Um, but I guess the question before we even dive into the particulars of what a trade might look like is what would the Bulls motivation be to trade that young or to be active sellers at the deadline anyway you know are they kind of still in that rebuildish mode where they're still looking to accrue talent for the future kind of like a second wave of talent after their first round kind of didn't work so well or are they more in buy mode like what's their mindset heading into the deadline here as they are as good as they've been in quite a while 
I think with a lot of the moves that the Bulls have made since they made an overhaul with their front office and at head, even at head coach with one of the first decisions, a lot of the decisions that they've made, they've kept very close to the vest. You see rumors and the Bulls are involved in a lot over the last six months, last eight months. A lot of those rumors didn't end up coming true. A lot of coaches connected to the Bulls, a lot of players connected to the Bulls in the draft and in free agency. A lot of it didn't come true. And a lot of the moves that they did make were outside the box moves surprise one being the Billy Donovan hire. So I think a lot of, a a lot of our conversation this year on locked on bulls has been around. What is, what is the theme of this year? Is it, is it year four or is it year one of a rebuild? And Mm. they haven't really picked that lane yet. So I guess what I would say is the bulls sound like that they need to be blown away in order to trade away Thaddeus young, because not only how important he's been to this team on the surface level, in-game, how important he is to Zach Levine's development. And if they are truly Mm. committed long-term to Zach Levine, Thaddeus Young has kind of been his mentor. He goes all the way back to his Minnesota days as being teammates with Thaddeus Young, and he's really helped him a lot, along with Garrett Temple, too. So trading away Thaddeus Young signals to Zach Levine, hey, I don't know if we're ready to commit to winning yet. And that's exactly the opposite of what Zach Levine wants to do right now. He wants to win. Interesting. So let's dive in in a second to the particulars of what a trade might look like and what that blown away package might look like coming from the Raptors to land Thaddeus Young on the team. But first, let's tell everybody about our friends over at rockauto.com, the site that is saving dummies like me a whole lot of money when I go to the mechanic and need something fixed on my car. No longer am I just accepting at face value that I need to get the part that the mechanic suggests and paying that price. RockAuto.com is going to offer you that same part and a whole bunch of options of similar parts for much less money. They're a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need from engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpets. Whether it's for your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The RockAuto.com catalog is so easy and unique and remarkably smooth to navigate that a dumb dumb like me can use it seamlessly quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brand specifications prices that you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the exact same if you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer so why spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your vehicle right locked on there how did you hear about us box to know that we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the car parts you'll ever need at rockauto.com All right, Jordan, let's dive into what a Raptors Thaddeus Young trade would look like. The sort of going package for a lot of dudes the Raptors have been in the conversations for is not much in terms of sexy players. It's mostly like a package of salaries plus picks. Is that something, first of all, that... You think the Bulls would be interested? Do they have the wherewithal to wave a couple guys to welcome in a couple bodies if there's a three-for-one or something that needs to take place? What's their sort of setup and potential interest in, you know, stuff plus picks being the basis of a deal? Yeah, I think that's it's definitely an option. I think the first thing on the table, too, without a doubt, would be a first-round pick. That's what they would be looking for mm-hmm. as the meat of this, this deal. On top of that, too, they don't want to be locked up long-term. Uh, having to take any money back because Thaddeus Young's contract is very, very good. And next year's last final year of the deal, 
is only partially guaranteed. So the Bulls are in a good spot with that. He is young as far as his contract goes. But there's a kind of a couple of pieces on this Bulls team that we don't really know what they're doing or they're not really having an impact. One of the guys is Chandler Hutchison. He hasn't he's a young, controllable wing that the Bulls haven't seen play at all this year. So it's kind of a mystery what they're doing with him, but they also have other players too that can't crack the rotation consistently. Like Cristiano Felicio is on his last year of his deal. Luke Cornett mm-hmm. is on a one-year deal and Daniel Gafford on his last year of his rookie contract too. So the Bulls have a lot of guys, guys that aren't making big impacts right away. So if it's a matter of waving a guy or matching a salary to just send for a roster spot, the Bulls definitely have those guys. Um, so I don't think that would be, that would deter the Bulls from trading Thaddeus Young for multiple pieces coming back. Okay, cool. So let me throw you this deal first. I have one that might be a little bit better, maybe appeal more to Chicago long-term, but let's try this one first, see what you say. So basically, I've cobbled together the usual salaries that are being thrown into a lot of these deals, which is Aaron Baines, who has a team option after this year for $7 bucks uh, for one more year beyond this one, and then Patrick McCaw, who's an expiring $4 million. And also... Terrence Davis. Uh, Davis is a person we've talked about a lot on this podcast. He has the domestic violence case uh, that was uh, sort of dismissed, but not really dismissed without any sort of implication of wrongdoing a couple weeks ago uh, and has been quite bad this season outside of a couple games recently where he scored quite well. Uh, You know, I, I don't know. I feel kind of gross always including him in trades too, just because the Raptors don't deserve to get good things back for him, considering they've kind of sheltered him all season long from facing the media and all this stuff. Uh, but I've included him in the deal. This, I'm selling you on this really hard. Uh, and I've also tossed in a 2023 lottery protected first rounder. How does that sound as a sort of starting offer if you're the Raptors to the Bulls for Thaddeus Young? I think you're in the ballpark. It's not outrageous, but I think that they would want the first round pick earlier and no protections on it either. I think that's how valuable Thaddeus Young is on the open market right now. There's going to be teams that could potentially bid against the Raptors for this. So I think regardless of being the Raptors or not, if the Bulls were to trade Thaddeus Young, I can guarantee that they're going to get a first round pick for him. So that would have to be on the table right away. The Bulls would be looking short term to add, potentially have two picks that they could move up or ultimately take a step ahead and maybe trade for somebody next to Zach Levine this summer. Those are all options on the table too, to think about. So they would want assets that they could maybe turn around right away and see a return. So uh, Aaron Baines is one player that I had in a most logical trade from the bulls to the Raptors. Uh, He would be somebody that would fit in perfectly. He would kind of make up for what the bulls would be losing in Thaddeus young. Obviously you would make up in the passing element of it but you would certainly get the rebounds and that's what the bulls are looking for and just a big body to uh, give wendell carter jr a break and they're kind of still trying to figure out if they want to play marking it at the five too so i think just having another reliable veteran big there at a cheap controllable cost makes sense it's just kind of the other pieces around it too i had stanley johnson i don't know how important he is to the raptors but he was somebody the Bulls were interested in a couple of years ago. I don't know what the level of interest on Stanley Johnson is for the Raptors or how involved he is there, but multiple guys like that. Patrick McCall was another name that I had written down to as well. These would be guys that the Bulls would kind of just test out. 
Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And yeah, Johnson is also one of those names that gets thrown in along with McCaw and Baines for all salary matching purposes. Uh, and, you know, he's kind of fallen out of favor in the rotation recently. He's been forced to play the last two games because the Raptors had no players available. But for the most part, he's kind of fallen behind DeAndre Bembry, even Yuta Watanabe in the Raptors rotation and is not getting a ton of run. That said, if they were to trade away to Aaron Baines, they would still need some production from like an actual center. And at six foot six, Stanley Johnson is like the second closest thing to an actual center on the roster. So maybe that's a complication. But Thad Young would, I think, kind of solve that complication quite a bit. Uh, but it's good to know I'm in like the sort of ballpark. You know, if I was to move it up to a 2022 first rounder that's top 10 protected, would that potentially be a little bit more appealing? I don't think the Bulls do it. I, I think that's no. how important it is to Zach Levine. And mm. they haven't chose a route yet. Like they haven't really decided what they want to do with Zach Levine long term. If it's from the things that we are hearing just from the first half Zach Levine had, it seems like he's off limits. He's going to stay here long term if that's the thing that he wants to do. Uh, the Bulls, I think, are recommitted to seeing how good Zach Levine can be. And he's only 26 right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Go back four years, the Bulls traded away their best player. Imagine trying to sell your fan base four years later after three and a half of terrible basketball and a lot of disinterest. A new front office coming in and pitching, hey, we're gonna we're gonna trade away our best player again because we think it's year one. They could do that, but it doesn't sound like they're gonna want to do that. So again, that's how important Thaddeus Young is. That's how important making the playoffs is to Zach Levine. And for a lot of these young guys, just getting some playoff experience, even if they don't have to do anything at the trade deadline, I think is a win for the new front office for Billy Donovan, most importantly for Zach Levine. So you got to sweeten the deal. I don't think the Bulls do anything less than having a 2021 first round pick in play in a deal for that. So how is there a player on the Raptors roster? And I'm thinking about one person in particular, and I'm curious if you'll say this person's name. Is there a player on the Raptors roster outside of their sort of core four, which I don't think are getting dealt for Thad Young? The idea is to pair Thad Young with those guys. Is there someone who would maybe make them a little bit more lenient on the pick, whether it's protections, whether it's having it further off in the future? Uh, there's one guy I have in mind. I'm curious if he comes out of your mouth right now. <laughs> your core four being Siakam, Van Vliet, Ananobi, and... Lowry for now. He's he's part of that group still. And Lowry. And I guess Norm is also, but yet Norm's not getting dealt this year either. He's been too important, I guess, is the is the thing with him. That's too bad. I was pitching Matt a couple of weeks ago how the Bulls need to go out and get Zach's teammate and Norm and reunite them together. <laughs> um, is it Chris Bosher? Yeah, Chris Boucher. Chris uh, Boucher. The, 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 the poutine dream himself. Uh, that's kind of, so I'm wondering, like, a Stanley Johnson, Chris Boucher... And like a protected 2022 or 2023 first, is that going to move the needle? Boucher's on a six and a half million dollar contract this year. He's got the team option for next year as well. Um, and he's been very, very good this season. My thinking is if you're the Raptors, I think Thad Young is a more reliable upgrade on Boucher. They do different things, obviously. You miss Boucher's shot blocking in the corners and whatnot. But Thad Young is just a more night to night steady dude you can count on who could in theory play next to Baines as well in the second unit or he could slide into the starting five obviously and maybe bump Norm Powell to the bench uh in lieu of uh in lieu of that so yeah Johnson Boucher and like a protected future first is that moving the needle enough like is Boucher enough of a sort of upsidey fun scoring addition that maybe they get a little bit softer on the need for a pick this year 
I think I was actually surprised. Like that's a name that I wrote down, but surprised I was like, he's having a pretty decent year. And I don't know on that controllable of a contract and still being in a position to win at least short term for the Raptors. I, I was surprised. I'm actually surprised that you're bringing that name up, but that at least keeps you on the phone. I think with the front office, mm-hmm. they would probably want to try to squeeze as much as they could leverage uh, that first round pick as much as they could. That's certainly possible, too, because the Bulls have a decision to make on Lowry Barkin in this summer, too. He's a restricted free agent. They have the option to match any contract, but still, they're not not—they're still unsure of what they're going to do with Wendell Carter Jr. long-term, where he fits into all of this. Adding another big to that, it's an open, it's open season for anybody that wants to come in and take over the position long-term. And he seems like a player that uh, Artur Karnaschovas, has kind of targeted with Denver in the past. And same thing with Mark Eversley in Philadelphia and tracing it all the way back. They're all with long bigs that can shoot, score, rebound. Mm-hmm. That That's interesting. I think you keep the Bulls on the phone. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think you'd meet a lot of resistance from Raptors fans to trading Chris Boucher. He's Canadian. That is, matters to people here, even though it probably shouldn't. Uh, and he's been really, really fun and good this season. My thinking is maybe he's kind of at the peak of his value. And if you want playoff reliability that young is going to offer that in a way that Chris Boucher doesn't really and you're you're not really sure if he will maybe maybe he will this season but he has not in the past um and look I, you know Raptors fans are probably listening to this being like stop trading away our first round picks you know we're we're not a title team like we got to reload for the future and all that stuff and look I think people know my stance on what I think this team should be doing I think they have a shot at you know, squeaking into a second or third round in the East, considering the East is full of a bunch of frauds and cowards, and the Raptors themselves are in that group of frauds and cowards. I, I, I They're not a perfect team by any means. They've been extremely inconsistent, but I would like to see one last kick at the can, an earnest shot with Kyle Lowry on the team, potentially bring him back. I'm not in the trade Kyle Lowry camp at all, so I... I think trading the first round pick if especially if it's protected in the future is not the end of the world but i totally understand if people have issues with that uh, by the way johnson boucher and a pick it does keep the raptors under the luxury tax it's uh only 10.3 going up for 13.5 in return but it keeps them under the tax so it is technically legal to do uh jordan i think we've kind of laid the terms of what the negotiation would be for Thad Young pretty well here. I do want to come back on the other side, though, and talk about Wendell Carter. I'm glad you brought him up because that's a dude I think Raptors fans have been pretty interested in for a long time, especially this season as the center position has been trouble, uh, at least until they went small. I want to ask you about Wendell Carter in just one second, but first we should tell everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. Plus, you've got baseball coming up. You've got Croatian basketball. You've got all sorts of things over on BetOnline that you can bet on, even awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time, updated odds on props and almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets. It's also free to sign up, just head over to betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Meaning, if you put in 100 bucks, you get 150 to play with right off the top. That's a great deal over at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, Jordan, let's wrap this thing up. I mentioned before the break that I wanted to ask you about Wendell Carter Jr. Uh, he's making 5.4 million this year, he's got one more year on his deal after this year as well. He's had uh, an up and down tenure with the Bulls, I guess is fair to say. More down than up, I, I guess. Um, 
I think things have been better this year without Jim Boylan uh, kind of overseeing everything as most things have been better in Chicago as a result of no more Boylan. But what's do you think the appetite of the Bulls to deal Wendell Carter and what might that take? Because I could certainly see the Raptors being in play for him, especially considering they're looking at a bit of a reset here potentially going forward and could use some younger, more established-ish players to slot in alongside their guys they have signed long-term in Fred Van Vliet, uh, OG Ananobi, and Pascal Siakam. So Wendell Carter Jr., available at all? What might it take? If you're not going to build around a deal around OG Ananobi or Fred Van Vliet, they probably hang up the phone. Right. That's that to me, I think, is the biggest sticking point is if they're going to trade Wendell Carter Jr. an extra year to decide on what he he's only 21, an extra year to decide on him. They have to make a decision about Lowry Markin in this summer. But Matt and I have flipped back and forth, back and forth all season on trying to pick out uh, some hidden gems that either Billy Donovan says or AK or the front office drops about these guys to kind of formulate our opinions long-term about this team. And, you know, we've had nights where we said Wendell Carter Jr. looks amazing. He's doing everything right. He's shot blocking. He's defending. He can switch at multiple positions. And he also can get the bucket whenever he wants. And then there's other nights where he disappears. And over the last couple of weeks, he hasn't even closed games. The biggest thing about Wendell Carter Jr. that the Bulls have missed while he was out with an injury was his de- defensive consistency, his ability to box guys out, to rebound, the Bulls missed that on a night-to-night basis, but all of a sudden, Thaddeus Young has been closing games. Wendell Carter Jr. can't get into games because he can't stop bigs. Guys like Joel mm-hmm. Embiid, Nikola Jokic, he's he's getting dominated by even guys that he, he should have relatively good nights against, like Marvin Bagley, for one, was a night that he got dominated, and it got covered up by Wendell having a great offensive night. Little things like that, I think, question the long-term viability of can you play Carter in the system that they have built around Zach Levine. Can you play him at the five? I think there's still some questions, but look, he hasn't played a full season with the Bulls yet. He's been hurt every single year and him, Zach Levine, Lowry Markkinen and Kobe White have played, I think less than 30 games together collectively and Markkinen, Carter and Levine have played a collective. They just hit their first full season together in terms of games. So I think the front office, really likes Lowry Markkinen and sees a ton of potential in him, but they see the same in Wendell Carter Jr. So if he's available, it's to upgrade, not to rebuild for the future, in my opinion. Right. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bulls would be stupid to move on from Wendell Carter Jr. You mentioned he's just 21, which is kind of crazy. Uh, and he, like, centers, it'll take some time once in a while. Like, and not everyone's going to be able to guard Joel Embiid, and that's fine if he can switch on defense. And like you say, he's a good rebounder. He's shown a little bit of playmaking acumen here and there. I think they'd be foolish to move on. I was just curious. It's it's a bummer that the Bulls don't have bad front office people anymore. Uh, <laughs> it really was nice when it was like, oh, Gar Foreman might be dumb enough to do that. Obviously, that's not the case anymore. They have intelligent people running the show. So you got to turn your attention to other hapless organizations to try to pick their good players out for nothing. Uh, shout out to the Kings. You mentioned Marvin Bagley. That's a potential one there. Um yeah, that, that's a good point. Is there anyone else on the Bulls you think might be sort of gettable? You know, the Thomas Sedaransky's kicking around. I don't know if the Raptors, they might be able to cobble together a couple salaries for him if he's maybe not in the Bulls' long-term plans and get a little bit extra ball handling. Um, you know, there's, I guess, you mentioned Chandler Hutchinson, who's barely played and is maybe he's not gonna be a somebody, any great somebody, shakes. 
he's going to be somebody that's going to be talked about in deals. If the Bulls do end up making a deal, I think he's mm-hmm. most likely to go. It seems either we we haven't really found out. It's kind of unknown whether Chandler Hutchison is still recovering from an injury or if it's a thing with Billy Donovan that they got into. It was a few weeks back that him and Donovan got into something on the road against OKC, and we haven't seen Hutchison play since then. Uh, he hasn't been able to get crack the rotation hardly at all. I think he just needs a fresh start. He'd be a great piece to trade with a guy like Denzel Valentine, who Denzel Valentine's up on a contract after this season. He's looking for a place to be a consistent scorer. He can do a little bit of everything, but Denzel this season just likes – to go on a shooting frenzy and he's been good from three (laughs) overall, but uh, he can do a little bit of everything. He'd be another guy that I could see traded. You mentioned Thomas Sadoransky as well. I could see that. Um, Obviously the most calls are going to be on him. Otto Porter jr. As well, just because of contract matching, but Thaddeus young, I think they're going to take the most calls on. Man, I'm bummed Otto Porter jr. Makes so much money and it's so difficult to match something with the Raptors because he would be, a lovely little addition to that front court rotation and like him with OG and Siakam would be a ton of fun, I think. And like, who cares who's playing play. what position? <laughs> yeah. If he can that's play. true too. <laughs> Matt and I just talked about this on yesterday's episode is like, what's up with Otto Porter jr. We haven't heard anything about him in a few weeks. Uh, the last time we got an update on him, he wasn't even close to five on five contact in practice. So his back has really been bothering him, but he was, he's been amazing when he's been out there and been able to be healthy and play alongside Zach and Lowry. Uh, and, and I should mention too, Lowry marketing is, is available. I'm sure they're ca- taking question, calls on him as well, just because of the contract looming as well in this summer. And I don't mm-hmm. know if they're going to want to pay him. So I think there's a lot of players that they're willing to listen on, but uh, they value everything and they don't, they're not in a position where they need to sell anything. I think that they're sitting in a really good position right now. If they have to stand pat, they're okay with doing that and going this summer to reevaluate because the Bulls will have 40 plus million if they don't do anything at this trade deadline right now to spend. Uh, So they could Mm -hmm. reload that way and keep the same roster going into next season. Interesting stuff, man. Uh, You know, marketing would be someone I think the Raptors would be after as a potential guy to use their cap space on this summer if he was anything of a defender. He doesn't really fit. On that end of the floor with the way Let they like to play. Let me ask you this. How, much, is, how yeah. much do you think he's worth? How much do you think the Raptors would realistically offer him? Say he comes back and averages what he's averaging right now, 19.1 points on 51.4% shooting, and he's he's down in his three-point percentage, but near 40%. Yeah, it's tough because I think there are other – and like I don't even know if the Raptors are going to be using their cap space on outside guys. They might just re-sign Norm and potentially Lowry and kind of eat up all their money, which I'd be fine with. But if they are going to go and play the restricted free agency game, I think it's far more likely they throw a big contract at John Collins just because he's a much better fit. And like him with OG and Siakam is something I've been thinking about for, uh, I don't know, four months and how rad that would be. <laughs> um, where marketing just the defensive side of the ball hasn't come along for him in the way that I think the Raptors like all of their players to be at least a baseline of good at defense, if not great. Um, and so I, I don't even think he'd really be in there plans honestly I, just because of the defensive deficiencies and the fact that they have other stuff it, like chris boucher is sort of a, a dollar store version of marketing right yeah i i think it's probably pretty unlikely they'd even think about it in terms of like what i'd be comfortable as a general manager paying for larry marketing i, I don't know like 15 million probably around there like he's a very good offensive player i feel like there's probably going to be a ceiling that's imposed by his defense and 
you know, thinking about postseason series, it feels like he's always going to be a guy who gets targeted and is a, a liability out there. But, you know, for some team that needs offense from the big man spot, you could do a lot worse, I, I suppose. And somebody you but can no, develop. I don't think he'd really like be in the plans. He's only 23. Yeah that you could develop but yeah you guys are clogged at that position and with the same similar skill sets I was curious though just to get an opinion on what what somebody outside of Chicago would think about Lowry marketing on the open market and what teams could potentially offer but you're right John Collins has had himself a really good year this year I think he's most likely to get paid out of anybody in this group mm-hmm. Lowry marketing has just been hurt and he had a chance to kind of prove himself and get into the same conversation as Berton's money I, I think that's more likely now that you're right. I think spot on 14, 15 million a year over three or four years makes a lot of sense. And the Bulls would match that. The Bulls would bring him back for that. I mm-hmm. think when you get in the territory of 70 or 80 million, that's when they really have to think long and hard about their future. Yeah. And like just between him and Carter, like I would take Wendell Carter 10 times out of 10 for the Raptors just in their situation and what they could use and what Wendell Carter does well. So, yeah, it's an interesting team. Lots of dudes I wouldn't mind having on the team I like. Let's put it that way, which is not a thing I've said about the Bulls often, man. Not too many (laughs) other teams have said that over the last couple of years either. So it's nice to have a. It's finally nice to have a positive vibe around this Bulls team and Bulls fans have been excited all year to watch this team and they continue to progress, man. I'm excited what the second half brings, especially if Zach Levine continues to play the way he's playing. I'm excited for the Raptors to play the Bulls like three times in the back part of this season just because uh, they didn't play them at all. They were going to play them and then it got canceled on account of the plague. So uh, maybe we'll get a disgusting back-to-back, a doubleheader perhaps one day against the Bulls over the course of the second half. Uh, Jordan, man, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, for checking in. Thanks for being part of episode 900 of Locked on Raptors as well. That's a fun little milestone you get to be a part of. Uh, Where can people check you out? You can follow me on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley. Uh, I'm locked on Bulls five days a week. Uh, we post every episodes every single day. We're pretty much just chopping it up about the first half, talking a lot about trade rumors right now. And uh, we'll see. It's going to be a very interesting time over the next couple of weeks in Chicago Bulls basketball. So fans will be excited. There'll be plenty of rumors. You'll see the Bulls across headlines for the next couple of weeks. Awesome stuff, man. You can find me at Woodley Sean. Subscribe to, rate, review, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcast. Not only to Locked On Raptors, but to Locked On Bulls as well. As I said, we're going to try to hook up with Mike and AJ for a Toronto Sports Roundtable later on this week, so keep an eye out there. And of course, the Raptors are back in action on Thursday. We have no idea who's going to be available or if anyone will be available for Thursday's game, but we will talk about it nonetheless. Uh, Thanks so much for tuning in, and we will talk to you again on Wednesday with another episode of Locked On Raptors. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.